tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hey guys, welcome back to the AfterBuzz TV Sleepy Hollow After Show! We're back! There's a weird dance happening on the other side of the it's table. It's the coconut dance. You don't have to fade that music so it's quickly, James. Dance Let's bring it back up. The sweet, sweet haunting music. That movie Either about way, giant killer bunny. It's time to talk about the premiere of season three, you guys. The premiere of season three. Oh, my God. There was a bit of an echo there, but don't... You gotta ignore it. You know why you gotta ignore it? Because out of all of the things that you shouldn't be ignoring, like this episode of Sleepy Hollow, because, to be perfectly honest, it came back good. Yeah, it came back with a vengeance. I witness that this is a good episode. I see. That's the title of the episode, is I Witness. It was like... Right off the bat, they're just like, okay, guys, so let's get rid of Headless. Let's, uh, now that we're out, now that we have no more John Noble, we don't have Katrina anymore. Oh, by the way, Orlando Jones is also gone because he just went away in the night without <laughs> telling anyone yeah. where he's going. He Sorry. left because they done him wrong. They, that is he, why he left. Like, they, like it, there was a few moments in this episode. Let's get into that when it's time to get into that, because there's so much to talk about. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, because we still have to introduce ourselves, yeah. uh, for tuning into the premiere. Thank you. Welcome back. We are going to uh, talk about this. I'm your host for this season, Zach Wilson. You can tweet me throughout the week, throughout the show, at thatzachwilson, T-H-A-T-Z-A-C-H-W-I-L-S-O-N. You've already heard from them a little bit, but over here, my fantastic panel... One two three Jackie B. You can find me on my website one two three Jackie B. dot com. And, and that's Jackie Borowski. <laughs> and Stephen Lemieux over there. Well, you guys know me because my name is John Cena. Yes. No. Wait. No. Wait, Wrong. No. This is not a no. no. What is? Stop. Love stop you guys. That. I'm back. Stop that. Okay. <laughs> I'm the worst person ever. Right, yes. So you can just grab everything. You're fine. You're totally fine. They're on the two shots. You're good. <laughs> Just some behind-the-scenes magic There's going on. There's sunglasses on the couch. Roxy no, cannot find her things. Okay, anyway, so let's 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 talk about Sleepy Hollow, you yeah. guys. Um, I'm sorry, I couldn't resist that, Zach. Yeah, let's... I'm the worst. <laughs> Pun jar. We, oh, God, are we going to do that this year? I don't know if we can, because it seems like these writers are really all about the comedy. They, well, the thing is, I was watching this episode, and I kept thinking... Steve must love this because it's all pun jarring. It's literally, it was quite pun jarring, this episode. Yes, it was quite pun jarring. <laughs> oh. Worst. Okay. So you're breaking down the episode this um, way, Zach? Yeah, let's let's jump into, uh, we've already given our sort of like break uh, thoughts about the episode overall. Let's talk about Abby and Ichabod. They have matching haircuts. 
sucks, and I appreciate that. That's um, how you know the, they're in love. The, Their hair I, is matching, even though they've been apart. It's matching. I, speaking of them being apart, I really like that. I like that we did a little time jump. Um, we didn't need to like pick up right away because like I, I don't think even we know. needed to do a time jump because even though the last like episode or two of uh, last season was fixing what happened, um, they're trying they're trying to distance themselves from yeah. the train wreck that was the majority of last season, and I appreciate that. And you need to because like. Look, we're all being honest. Sleepy Hollow season two was rough, yeah, to say the least. And I mean, there's a we have a new showrunner this year. Mark Goffman is was let go. Uh, for anyone who missed that in the off season, um, there's a new showrunner, and that's why it feels a little bit different this year. It feels different. It it, it does feel different. It feels like the first episode of the first season. Yes, we're just like, what the hell. Yes. Like, in a good way, where you're just like, okay, cool. So the show is back to being comedic, you know, moving fast, not killing every single new character that killed one. But hey, <laughs> we got Danny. We got Brent. Danny at the office. We lost Brent. We lost Brent. Mikus, <laughs> what's Mikus going to do? Zoolander's going to have to do another freaking you googly now that Brent's dead. <laughs> you think I'm not a good you googlizer, Zach? Is All that right. what you feel? Yes. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so, but... Abby and it, like I like that they felt they had a falling out after this because the, what we all felt at the end of season two was confusion because, because Malik was, was supposed being to a be selfish poop thing. Well, that but but just bigger bigger stuff. Malik was primed in season one as this villain that was going to take seven years of battles and war. To defeat. Yes. That was the whole thing was seven years. Seven years of uninteresting villainy. And then after <laughs> two seasons, Moloch is dead. Totes And dead. we're all wondering, what now? <laughs> um, but what the show did that was really great was they, uh, like, they, they came in um, and uh, they, uh, I'm trying to find What they did the, was uh, they, they told the story without... On your nose writing. They didn't yeah. open up the. They didn't open up the episode with nine months later. They didn't do any of that. They yeah. did, they they created a story and they created the the running episode through dialogue. We have her answering a phone call that's like, "Hey, yeah, I know this guy. Okay, yeah, he's in jail." And this is where we get the reunion between Ichabod and Abby, where she meets him dressed in orange with his haircut yeah. <laughs> in a penitentiary, and he's been there for five days. And he was arrested for trying to enter the country with restricted materials. And they just mentioned casually, like, yeah, it's been nine months. What have you been doing? Yeah. But what, what that did for us was that it allowed like allowed the, the new showrunner, whose name I was trying to find, Clifton Campbell, it allowed him to come to the season and acknowledge that these these people don't know what they're doing now. Mm-hmm. They like they, In that conversation at the jail, which I love seeing Ichabod in a, an orange jail jumpsuit. Amazing, but in that conversation, they break down the fact that with Moloch defeated, what is their purpose? What is the per? And I'll read into the subtext. What is the purpose of this show now? Right. What uh, are these characters here for now? I also like it when uh, when they acknowledge that there had been an apocalypse, and Abby thinks it's all over. Just like we as fans felt, okay, well, if Moloch was the big bad, shouldn't it be all over? And it, it was interesting because Abby, as us, I always say this, felt like 
well, yeah, it's all over. Mm -hmm. And we just had to be taught that it wasn't all over. But we got a little bit of a retcon written into this episode where it's not seven years. It's seven tribulations. Hey, hey, guys, (laughs) guys. You know what we said in the first season? So it's eight seasons now. We can change that. <laughs> and it's going to be tribulations. You know, we read it wrong. Translations get a little funky. Old Ancient Testament, Sumerian. New Testament. You know, you know tribulations. The, you know those words for, like, tribulation and year. Everyone gets those confused. I mean, hey, can you read Ancient Sumerian? Yes. Or Ancient no. Hebrew? Hey, if... if well, not... If, could, not... Not... Hebrew now. Oh. If witnesses and destroyers can be mixed up, then tribulations and years can be mixed up. But at least witnesses and destroyers are like two words that describe people. Ah! Like theoretically in ancient Sumerian or whatever, those could be used in the same part the same part of a sentence like to describe a person and like who knows in there in that language it might be like one letter off but four year score and 27 and like, tribulations ago but like the word for year and the word for the like a problem that needs solving zach i can proudly tell you right now i'm 25 tribulations old <laughs> Oh, You've had a rough, been a long tribulation. It's been a rough life for Steve. You're Romeo. acting like a two tribulation year old. <laughs> okay, so I want to talk about this scene that they bring back Katrina in. So we get to bring back Abraham and Katrina for just for just a flashback. Jackie. We didn't bring it's them okay. back. We did a we, we, we did a flashback. Used, we reused some footage they from get, season right. two. They get residuals, so we brought them back. <laughs> we predicted that they'd be brought back in some way, and we got it in the first episode. Because so. we had to explain the magic necklace. And technically, we're right. So, Are you allowed to wear jewelry in jail? This is a question I have. Uh, no, it depends. Um, I think most jails take it away from you, but this was like customs and immigration holding. Yeah, and it could have been but seen as a religious icon, mm-hmm. as a like a rose. Yeah, but or Ichabod wouldn't know to claim that. I don't no. Think. But then the question is, what did Jesus bring with him? That if this was like customs holding, what did he bring? I think it's. That? I think it's just a community jail. I don't think it's like state penitentiary. I think it's just a penitentiary, like a normal. No, because no, it said customs and immigration outside of the uh, outside of when when Abby went in okay yeah um, but I could have been bringing in like drugs like it's not just for people bringing religious artifacts like historical artifacts through customs like, there's a jail for historical artifacts only if they're over 2,000 tribulations old so he talks about his leaving of Abby he talks about how he just needed some solitude after his wife and son were murdered in front of him or technically blown up in front of him so He's every night he developed this communion, which is just ridiculous. You wrote this down too, right, Zach? Where he's just talking to himself in the in the bunk, but we realize he's talking. Oh to his yeah, bunk. and I to return Jesus. to the question that echoes through my soul: Is my, my destiny, destiny to, not to be ceaseless traveler, <laughs> inexorably <laughs> slouching my way through this mortal coil? Can you hear me, Jesus? I hear you, Sea Dog. It's the hard knock life for us, a wise man once said. Um, but he tells us about the necklace. It was linked to Abraham's soul, and basically when uh, Pandora seals Abraham within her box, I mean, spoiler alert if you haven't watched the episode, sorry. No, you should not be watching our show if you have <laughs> if not you watched have been, the episode. Yeah, there's no spoiler Go alert. Watch the Talk episode. about anything you want from the episode. But to be honest, as soon as I saw that box, I'm like, oh, it's like Pandora's box. Because That's, she's Pandora. I, yeah. Well, yeah. before and we we'll, even knew And that. we'll absolutely delve into Pandora. And Stephen has an amazing theory. Stick around for it because it's insane in a great way. 
Um, but before we get away from Abby and Ichabod, um, the ta- let's talk about the tablet that yeah. he got arrested for. Um, I was laughing so loud when he, he's like, I translated it. And it translates to the legend of Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> All I'm thinking is like, great. Is the like, is the author gonna, it's gonna be like written, inscribed by like Washington Irving. It's like some Sumerian <laughs> version of Washington Irving. So long, Irving. Uh, I don't understand this last line, though. It says, make seven up yours. I really just don't get it. Um, it, it, it could be, I mean, I love, I love it, though. I mean, like, I'm joking about it, but I think it's a great way to bring it in. I mean, Sleepy, Sleep, I, I've been waiting for them to sort of do more to acknowledge the, ta- the, the like, the book of Sleepy Hollow, like, the tale that we know. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I actually always assumed that it was going to have been real, that Washington Irving is like an acknowledged person. They haven't at all. Yeah. They've also not acknowledged the only t- like I, for anyone who just hasn't heard this before. I grew up two towns over from Sleepy Hollow, so I know the entire layout of the real town. The town next to it is Irvington, which they have not acknowledged. It's the only town in that area that has not gotten name checked in this show. Maybe we'll get it this time. Maybe they're going to find <laughs> Frank Irving in Irvington when he comes back to the show. If he comes back to the show. Yeah, if people stop treating him like crap. Anyway, sidebar. Yeah. I mean, so, they won't. He will, he's gone forever. I will say this right now just to get it out of the way so I don't have to mention it ever again. I will put the shovel down and... And Barry Frangenicky Merlving. No. That that shipping is gone. There is no Merlving. There is no Frangenicky. It's done. Also, I have to say. So sad. But. Franklin Stein still lives. Yes, he does. Oh, yeah. Franklin Stein lives. He's Hashtag coming back. Franklin Stein lives. Yes. <laughs> so I love I love that when they they leave the jail, they're in the car, and Ichabod's talking about. Because this episode just had so many like little funny moments. That like I'd be remiss not to mention That's them, so I'm I'm Hollow. sorry if I'm taking off topic sometimes, Zach, to mention these things. I don't want to skip them. But he's like, and that's about the time when I realized what they meant by upright position on the plane meant. Your seat <laughs> must be in an upright position. I like that she said crane on a plane. I thought that was crane, crane on a plane. plane. This episode really just skipped Somebody a lot. Get this crane. <laughs> oh my god, it skipped it. <laughs> it forwent the the long explanations too. It feels like last season they they really just went in depth and like they had to make some convoluted way of them finding something. But like in this episode I can think of a few things like, oh I decided to look up my descendants. Go to Scotland. And there's a tomb there. Open it. There's a stone tablet, four thousand years old stone tablet that says all that. Um but then like Jenny like, we're gonna have to find this. Jenny's like, found it. Okay, cool. Yeah. We don't have to come on go on some fetch quest to find this damn stuff. Yeah, it doesn't have it's not a book that's in a library four forty miles away. And- but I also like that in, in this in that scene, we acknowledge that Jenny has done extensive research, which we've hinted to, but somehow last season forgot, and then Jenny was like, I don't know anything. Holly, teach me how to be a person. Um but this season we have her like, oh yeah, I've archived all that stuff, and I we as we mentioned in the first season where she spent her entire time with uh, Corbin trying to search down these artifacts. So now we have an acknowledgement of it, and we reap the benefits of it. There you go. And that box said Corbin, reminding us of Corb Trina. I know. 
R.I.P. There are people asking us to stop shipping, and I think they think Frankenstein is a ship name. No, it's, it's actually a monster on Sleepy Hollow. I'm pretty sure yeah, they were it was Ben Franklin's Merloving. Ben Franklin's monster. It's ben Franklin's monster, who and is we just wandered off into the mist and has. We're like, a huge <laughs> fan of him, and he should come back. Yes. So we got to mention. Um, well, we well Abby. We got to mention Abby getting her promotion to she's an FBI, she's an FBI. She's an FBI. She, Quantico finally got that promotion yeah she wanted to go to Quantico but ABC wouldn't let her there you go um, <laughs> um which by the she, way Abby as an FBI agent has to be much better than that show but that's a sensitive point hey oh <laughs> I heard I heard decent things about eh. Quantico premiere do you see Abby posing with her sexy FBI badge in her the mouth? The promos aside, I heard the show was good. Um, the pro, yeah, yeah good job, Abby No, Abby's not going to bite her badge on a black background. September 27th, 9, Central. Um, um, but they're back on the case. They are back on the case. The, like she's like still bringing him into cases without worrying about who's this person. I love how she just she's an FBI agent now, so you think she would have more jurisdiction to be able to ask for information, and she still like steals the uh, she still steals the artifact from the Colonial Times. Oh my I'm god! Like, Couldn't you say this is part of something you're doing for the FBI instead of having to steal it? I guess then she'd have to fill out paperwork and a bunch of stuff. But if she she gets caught she's like fbi undercover mission and badge and then wrong. i do like though that she they acknowledge that abby had this dream and she's still she's still pursuing it despite despite all the things that are happening well, including apocalypse i think it's interesting too because it takes us back to the first season when she doesn't necessarily believe everything yeah james is showing us the quantico thing with the badge <laughs> next to her there's lips. one also with her naked draped in an american flag why not Jackie, stop taking everything I love away from me. That includes naked women draped in American flags. So, Steve, if you were an FBI agent, I do know that you would be naked and draped in an American flag. I would, with tons of other FBI agents at the same time. <laughs> 50 stars. All right. Uh, so, but, yeah. Abby is still, uh, like, resistant to going back to the old way. She's like, it's been nine months. She's a Quantico agent now. She's an FBI agent now. She doesn't really want to get back in that spiritual stuff. But every time, it's just right in her face. And Ichabod's like, I found this dragon's breath. Oh, you get it the duty-free? Puts it on the paw print, nothing, and then... <laughs> it's just staring her in the face, but she still does not want to accept that it's something. Well, and he... I mean, people fall back into their old habits. He calls her lieutenant, lieutenant, and um, she still... Even though she is no longer lieutenant, lieutenant... Um, she says, "Hey, that's part of our Delia. That's part of our relationship. So keep keep calling me that." And then they end that scene with, "Evil has returned to Sleepy Hollow," and I'm like, "Shit, the showrunner's coming back." <laughs> that's cute. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm reliving watching it, Zach, as I say the same jokes I said while watching it. <laughs> uh, well, I thought you're you're. Well, this was more of an apt observation that you had while we were watching in that. This is, it's going to feel a little X-Files-y. I like that it feels X-Files-y. Yeah, and I, I think that's a great thing. You have two characters who, I mean, by the end of this episode, she gives her big speech um, to the, like, 
It's I real. Have... I'm a witness. But I think she's still going to be frustrated and not want it. She's going to... She's like, there are very real threats in the, this world. I not all problem, of them are supernatural. I, I had a problem with the placement of that speech. Because that speech needs to be said, where she has that moment and she's accepting what her job is and who she is. And despite... Um, despite her going after her dreams, there's still there's still the the piece about her destiny. So I like that there was that speech. I just don't know that like delivering it to a gangster with hostages was appropriate because I feel like that guy, even though yes, he saw a demon, he might be like, "What the crap, lady? What are you talking about? I don't care." I'm keeping the hostages. I'm keeping the hostages. <laughs> I'm not upset at all by the demon that slashed out somebody's throat. Freaking- yeah, it seemed like a weird space to put that in there in a hostage negotiation, especially considering that that guy like only kind of barely knows what's going well, on. Well, maybe if Mitch Granger wasn't such a muggle, he would have been able to save himself. <laughs> Last name. That's why I made that joke. Just yeah, so you know. yeah. Um, well, she Abby lost another partner. She did. In this, She's like lost... in that scene. No, well, not her partner. Wasn't that? I thought that was her boss. Was that it was her, her boss? boss. It was, yeah. It was... So she she's lost Corbin and she's lost this guy the same way with like a <laughs> neck cut. Yeah. And then um, Irving was her boss and she lost him. His so... neck got cut too. No, um, Corbin. Corbin's neck got cut. Yes. Yeah. And now this guy's neck got cut. I, but so Abby's lost part, at least like, anyone going on missions with Abby that's not like a witness needs to start wearing a neck guard. I wonder yes. if Mitch She's has lost a three son. Bosses, three. I, I wonder if Mitch has a son that in season four they can bring in from one episode to create a romance with and bring him out. Just like Corbin had a son. Hey. I do want to shout out Sleepy Riders because they just retweeted our show. Awesome. Oh, thank you, thank you, Sleepy Riders. Um, I did hear a rumor that uh, Corbin's son's coming back this season. Oh, that's he good. He was he a good is. character. He'll yeah. Oh, he's a great character. Yeah. We I, we talked about it last year that we loved him when he showed up. It would was a great drama to have around Abby. Um, and but he disappeared. And ha- having him have this Wendigo past now makes him a very interesting character. And so I'm I hope that it's true. I hope that we get him back and that he becomes a big part of the show because that kind of dynamic growing up like not related but related with this the same quote unquote father is very interesting to watch a dynamic unfold between these two people. And aside from just the aside from just the relationship dynamic, I think that because our team they're not they don't actually possess any supernatural powers. All they're using is their human powers. And when you have a show where you're fighting something supernatural, you so uh, they lost Katrina not that she did much as a witch anyway, but you do need some sort of element of supernatural on your team to bulk you up, to beef you up. So it's nice to have somebody who's essentially a werewolf. Yeah. Well, I like that they're not going to make them they're not going to give it to them easily. And they've they've left a few they've left several clues what in the episode. Give it to who easily? They're not going to give them all of their tools to use it unless oh, they bring not, unless they bring back Holly. Hey guys, Holly's back. No, Good no. Uh, so there's a few clues here where they where they kind of clue into this. Um, I'm saying clue way too many times, so maybe we should have a clue jar. Have they no reminder for the past? Uh, the season's going to have a lot of clues from the past, but then they talk about also demolishing the archives to build a mini mall. Mm-hmm. So I think this is kind of a if you look at season one and season two, everything was still there. Hundreds of years later, like everything was pretty much still intact. I think they're cluing in that 
a lot of things are not going to be as easy as it was the first go around. Like um, they also mention, yeah, do you think we really have the the head priest of an Akbar or whatever it's called, Ishtar um, priestin to bless our oh, arrows? Yeah. Like they're leaving these clues that there's relics of the past that they have not they don't have access to or they're going to have to be very smart about i want to go back to the indian reservation i want them going to these different people to find these things to get these things instead of just being like oh this was under the building and blah 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 it would be well like we want to see them struggle is the thing like those those dealing with these kind of ancient things shouldn't be easy for them and so i'm literally looking forward to them struggling this season to deal with that and if the archives get destroyed that's a great way to just I, make it so, harder. So, like, the the archives being destroyed with such a... They paved paradise... It was a big yellow taxi moment for me. The um, paved paradise, and they put up a parking lot. I'm like, <laughs> oh, it makes me so angry when when they don't preserve historical buildings like that. And especially because the archives was the place where our Scooby gang met. Yeah. Where are they going to be now? The cabin? <laughs> Maybe. So, we also have... Uh, do you want to talk about Jenny? Well... Um, yeah, we, well, well, before we get off of, like, the FBI and all that, or too far away from it, I really quick, I feel like we n- need to mention, let's just do a quick look at uh, Ichabod's two love interests introduced in this episode, because there's two. There's a rant that's a coming. Uh, well, yeah, I, I assumed, and I wanted that's to give you... That's why we put it down uh, there. Well, no, we're, we're, I want to get out of the way now, before we get into, because then I want to spend the rest of the show talking about Pandora and Fear and all of that, because there's so much to talk so about. So we're going to do Betsy Ross now? We're talking about Ichabod's two love interests, yeah. Oh my god, okay. Have uh, fun. Because we get, um, it was, uh... Danny. Danny, this, like, starstruck... They were just trying to make her be, the uh, what was that girl's name, Carolyn? From Sherlock? No. That's what I thought of. No, was, they were uh, trying to make her be that Sherlock. one-off episode girl, Carolyn, who was, like, oh, helping him with the last costumes. year. The- because everybody loved how cute she was, but she made, it kind of made sense because she thought he was part of her, like, reenactment team. Yeah, that Here, was wonderful. Here you just wonderful. have someone being randomly starstruck for no reason. I didn't get that. No, it was because she was attracted to him. See, yeah, I I think there's more to I because like I I won't there has accept to be more. that it's, Otherwise it's not really just her weird and like awkward. looking at uh, Ichabod and like star like starry eyes. I think that the it, he remember he's wearing Katrina's necklace, which has certain powers that are no, about it. It's broken now. Well, it's broken in a certain sense, but who knows what else it might carry? Um, I, I have to think that there is something. To it, other know, than that, she's just. I know exactly what it is. What is it? She's attracted to him. It's just kind. Of, it's it's a. It's basically just a fishing line they can bring up later. Um, they make him attracted to her, or they make her attracted to him. So if Abby can't access the force, or if Abby gets kicked out or something, then Ichabod can be the one to ask for a favor, to flirt, to get that information, to be like, you know, could you do me a favor, please? Oh, it's for me. It's fine. Like. She's the plant to help them once Abby's no longer able to access that information, I think. There's nothing, though, that makes me angrier on a show than setting up everybody as a potential love interest, which was the problem we had last season, where you were thinking, oh my gosh, I have to ship this person and that person and this person and that person, and it set up... It set up a scene where, like, they wanted everybody to be paired off or everybody to be in some kind of weird love quadrangle and everybody to have some sort of love interest. And it's like... We, yes, there's like 
we watch the show for certain love interests, but it's we also watch the show for the plot. You don't have to make everybody into somebody's love interest. We don't. We don't. The problem is we don't need a love interest. A no. love interest needs to come naturally. You need to introduce characters that we want to have around, and then if they if the characters have a good connection, whether you've built it in intentionally or not, it needs to be that they just they they came together in the show for other reasons besides. Hey, we needed somebody for this character to have sex with. Guys, there Plus, was there have... was so much wrong with the love triangles and stuff in every other season. I saw this scene and I was like, you know what? All right, it makes sense. He's a good-looking say... dude. All right, well, Danny, you can like... say that as a guy, but it's not fair as a woman to be watching a show and be like, why is every female character except for Abby and Jenny on this show turning into some sort of lovesick, googly-eyed puppy over Ichabod? Like, I'm sorry, but if I was in a room with Ichabod, I might be like, yeah, he's attractive, but I wouldn't... Like, has this girl never been in a room with another attractive person? You don't lose your shit every time you're in a room with someone attractive, especially if you're a scientist. Yeah, I mean, who's apparently good at her job, from what it sounds like, but it It just made me angry. I was like, what is going on? Women can't function because Ichabod's that hot? Please. Ichabod got a real nice haircut over the break. Or yeah. maybe he started bathing more. I you know, know. You know what's coming? The man bun. The man bun his is hair's, coming. His hair's not long enough. For the it's going to come. It's it can't. He, it's going to be like the really it. lame man bun. It's like the little... <laughs> um, but Which the other... Me. Can, the, I, can I rant about Betsy Ross? Can I? Oh yes. my god. Alright, I'm gonna... J- and it me, has nothing... This is actually has not, not as much to do with like the uh, oh, we tried that weird like uh, Katrina love interest thing lasting doesn't and it didn't work and we're trying to redo it with Betsy can, Ross. I will leave that aside. She can I can let's, I let's let Jackie. I just know that she's going to cover everything that I want to say too. Uh-huh. So I just want to do a quick recap of the scene to say where I'm just okay. like weirded out. All right, so let's see here. They talk about the Yaguais and they say there was a Yaguai at Bunker Hill and basically the tides were turned after Prescott got a message. So we find out that Betsy Ross is a secret agent that delivered the message to Prescott so he can announce it to all the soldiers and all that kind of stuff. There, right. I loved that. That, yeah, that was awesome cool. Plot the whole, the whole awesome plot point. Don't shoot until <laughs> you see the white of their eyes. I thought that was really cool how they worked that in. That per- is great. Yeah, predict- that is what Sleepy Hollow is good at, doing the whole uh, national treasure stuff. Yeah. I think there's going to be a code in the flag. They're going to try to find something national treasure style in the flag, the 50 stars and things like that. Um, we find out that Betsy had hooked up with uh, Ichabod, and he says she's a patriot, and I said she's a cum patriot. Um, sorry, guys. That was adult humor, but... Um, she has oh, absolutely humor. she has absolutely no time period accent at all. Like I'm like this is somebody from 2015 just talking to what? Ichabod. Steve has the same problem I did. And then <laughs> she says, "Someday a woman will make you do something impulsive. Hope I'm there to see it." And I'm thinking, and me and Zach both went like this. We're like, "What? <laughs> exactly. We're like, what is this weird flirting going on?" And then they kiss for luck, and we're like, "What the hell just happened?" I I didn't understand like the. It, like Not you had this, plot point. It, you had two scenes with Betsy Ross. This one scene where she's got this hat, she got the hat down, corner to the front, and she's just like throwing knives at people and like muskets, killing a bunch of people, which is hard to do because you got to preload all of them. Um, <laughs> takes out like <laughs> you do. You can only fire a musket or a pistol in that day one time, That's and true. then you got to like scuff some true. like a ball down with some gunpowder with like a little like pour it in. It's very complicated. Zach knows a lot about muskets. Clearly, yeah, clearly, I know how they work. Yeah, I played Assassin's Creed three. 
Uh, <laughs> um, but she does all of this. This badass female character. Amazing historical, like, switcheroo. Right. And, and then, then she, just like the fam- just like the brilliant doctor, has to turn into a mushy puddle around Ichabod. Because apparently his balls are made of gold. Well, I'll say that, like, she, it's not like she melted over him. But the fact that she was, like, flirty and then kissed him, I just don't understand it. Because at this point in time, Ichabod is... Fully in love with Katrina. Right. Reg- like, And we know that he... A man has needs. No, but Ichabod <laughs> as we know him... But we also knew that he had a fling with Betsy Ross. They mentioned it in season two. They mentioned it in season one. We already knew. They did. There they is did There it. is lines in both is seasons. It, is it they mentioned? Did mention? yes, yes, it's mentioned. All right. So I don't necessarily have a problem with that. I just... I feel like... She's very nonchalant about it, and he's just very, very nonchalant about it. And you're like, they should have just not kissed. I feel like the kiss is what threw yeah. it off. Because the flirtiness, I can understand. Like, there are hosts at AfterBuzz that do panels together, and they flirt together all the time, and it's nothing serious. Like, I feel like they have that connection. Like, yeah. you can find everyone. What? <laughs> <laughs> you can find her on Twitter at Yeltigal. Uh, but the kiss is what threw me off, because I'm just like, they. Coworkers flirt all the time. They don't cross that line, especially she's already a woman in this control situation that they wouldn't have had in this time. So it's already a swing. So then having a character like kiss a man on the lips who he's very, he's already betrothed in other ways. And like, I know we might be having a fling for it, but it's still just, it was very, that mixed with the accent or lack of accent and the, the way she talked just threw me out of the scene. Yeah, it just didn't feel natural. Jackie. We're, Sleepy Steven, Hollow. We're gonna take a break. Sleepy Hollow. What is your obsession with randomly putting women in bustiers? I don't get it. I don't effing get I it. I get it. I get it because all the way. Because here you have a woman who is doing all this cool stuff, posing as a guy, posing as a guy. Because we know if she was actually doing this as a woman, they wouldn't let her do that. We know this. It's a historical thing. And they touched on it last season when, you know, they, they said, oh, at, like, they mistook Abby for a slave. There are just things that didn't happen, that did, uh, that, that are historical facts from that time period. They would not let this woman run around in a bustier and pants. If she was going to dress like a man, she should dress like a man. It irritated the crap out of me because I'm like, this is so sexist. She can't just be a character who is like a cool spy who dresses like a man. She, We have to sexualize her. We have. I don't get it. I don't get why she has to be sexualized. Because it's Nikki Reed and she's a good looking woman. But well, they don't sexualize the men this way on this show. Well, I, I will just, I, I agree with you for the most part. I will say I'm willing to give them a chance to make it into something interesting because I like the, what they did at the beginning with that character. So, and I want to give, and because I liked a lot of this episode, I want to give the new... I'm irritated by the fact that she doesn't have a British accent, though. You, may, you make this big point this episode that um, you have the guy in the, what was that? The Colonial Times... You have him speaking in that quirky, like, faux British accent, and then Ichabod's like, that's not how we talked. So we have this clear idea of, okay, this is how people historically talked at this time. This is how we're, like, making fun of that. And then you have this flashback scene where you have her talking in an American accent. Yeah. I mean, it's always... the Lazy acting. Colonial... 
voices, like, I saw somebody do a send-up, not about Sleepy Hollow, but just about in general, is, like, everyone in, like, colonial times is always British or Southern. Yeah. That's, like, that's it. There's no, like, unique accent for that time. Hey, um, welcome to colonial times. Last time I had a colonial time was a few tribulations ago. Yes, the store colonial times is the best thing in the city. Is it really? Oh, I it was love hilarious. That. It is the best. I love the when he walks by the Benjamin Franklin bobblehead, bobblehead and he's like, "Well, they got something right because of its big head." This is great. <laughs> it's actually awesome. really good. Uh, I loved everything about it. I loved all the crappy like uh, the Boston Tea Party set. Because if you're from the East Coast, you've been to those places. Yes. And they're amazing. They're great. And you know what? If you My family had a year pass to Williamsburg, and it was awesome because you can have a year pass to Williamsburg. <laughs> so many candles. And you know what? You so can many have candles. a year pass to. I made can- so many. Jack, you know what you can have a year pass to? That's absolutely amazing. You can have a year-long pass for free. In fact, you can have a tribulation-long pass for free <laughs> to our podcast and our after show. And you know what? All it costs you is your eyes and ears and going to iTunes and giving us five stars and leaving a rating and review. So, you know, we have a few, Zach. I don't know if this iTunes read is outside of your guidelines. I might be breaking some rules. I planned it for right here. Did there's, you plan it for right there's here? There's a lot of exclamation points. Some, some, some post-rantal <laughs> things. All right. The last episode was February 20th, so I'm going to go ahead and read everything past then. Uh, Crystal Hummingbird says, binge-watching. It's just a good video, you guys, and I'm binge-watching on YouTube, even though I have loads to do. You guys are so addicting. I'm so, so is getting better because I love seeing your enthusiasm. Hopefully the show will get renewed, then I can watch more of you guys. Love. It could be five ever. Cop Out by Carly P. Great podcast. I've even started re-watching the old episodes just to see how far close you were with your predictions. Just wondering, am I the only one who thought the fact that it was a bit of a cop-out to have them involve time travel and not change anything? Especially after all the hype... Of a game changer ending, it just seemed like a risk they they should have taken. It would have given them a chance to completely retcon this mess of a season. I liked what they did. Now that we're in this season, I think it worked out well, pretty well. I hope well. they use time change. I hope they use time travel in the future. Now that we know that it's a, it's a it's, it's a, a piece we can play. Um, best sleep yellow podcast. It's fun. They do a good job bringing things down. The criticism is well placed. Sometimes the negative goes on too long, but they're passionate about the show and listening to the podcast is part of my enjoyment show. Uh, that's by oh, Carly P, podcasting addict. Uh, IHS-NC, perfect podcast for a great show. I Sparkles 22. I watched all the podcasts of season one and two, and y'all are so funny. Please do more for season three. Hopefully with the new showrunner, things will go much, much smoother. NJ, so so NJR O'Bear yeah. says, hey, sleepyheads and afterbuzzers, have you heard the great news that Fox has renewed season Sleepy Hollow for season three? The news is bittersweet as Orlando Jones will not be returning. The showrunner, Mark Goffman, has also left and been replaced by Clifton Campbell at that time. And then uh, Rux Zichi says, ah, I just found you guys and I just love it! I recently started rewatch Sleepy Hollow and I love hearing the after show and I love watching the show, so thank you so much! Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. I love you guys, so excited for season three! They, they was, do love us. Uh, they they did type that, that, that way. Like, because of some requests. Uh, not right now, but uh, James, if you want to get the uh, the Downton Abbey theme uh, ready, I'll call for Are it Are we really doing this right uh, now? Can't we do this at the end? Can we talk about I'm not the, now. I'm just, oh, I'm just telling okay, James. Okay, Downton Abbey theme ready. Can we talk about how the drug trafficking team was called Anaconda? It don't want none. <laughs> Unless you've got buns, hon. That, I uh, couldn't help it. The whole episode, I was like... Mm, mm. So it makes a lot. You Ugh. have a team. I really wanted to open with that song, but I forgot about it. Um, oh, just boo. just to clarify for the people in the chat room, we, we know that Betsy Ross was American-born, but no, there was no such thing as an American accent yes. in colonial times. Yes. They would have had, they would have a, had a, different accent, a British some accent. Some sort of blend of a British and like, accent. I, yeah, I get that it wouldn't necessarily be completely British, but 
by our standards and our ears, it would sound British. Right. Um, so it would not sound like this panel, which is so how Betsy Ross sounds. L- but l- there's so much more to talk about because let's discuss Pandora. Uh, I want to. We got to break down Yao Guai in the storyline first. No, but that's but we met Pandora at the beginning. Okay, so we're not doing the prediction yet. No, no, okay, no, 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 no theory. Pandora is awesome. We by met the way. Pandora at the beginning as this like crazy witch out in the woods who killed Cook Robin. What's the first thing that happens in this episode? Is they Pokeball capture headless? Pretty much. It was a ma- it was a master box. ball. It was a master ball. They <laughs> introduced a woman who can use magic that actually does stuff. That was amazing. She did more she, magic than Katrina did in probably about, like, 30 episodes. Pretty much. She sings this weird thing, who killed Cock Robin, who killed the sparrow and watched him die, and it sealed the horseman in the box. It was creepy, and I was instantly yes. in. I like her. She's Shannon Sossaman. She's doing a great Shannon job. Shannon Sossaman. She's doing a great job. She's so, like, kooky, weird, and perfect for this role. I thought she, she for, a, for a split second, I thought it was, um, uh, what's it, from Game of Thrones. Um, oh, I know oh, you're Lena talking about. Oh, Lena Headey? I don't think yeah. we can afford Lena No, no, no. I, I'm like, I'm aware that it's not this person, but, like, my brain thinks it is. It does. She does look a little bit like Lena Headey. So, she summons this, um, thing. I'm trying to find it in my notes. But yeah, she's, yeah, she summons this thing by going to, oh my god, I just completely lost my placing. Well, anyway, she, she, she brings forth this, uh, the, the Yagwe, this monster, she, she captures death, and she's it talking eats. to, That's right. she she's yeah. talking death to the turn. box yeah. and says, so she's addressing someone, yeah. we don't know who yet, but she's addressing someone, and she says that I have brought you the power of death. She's because she's captured the Horseman of Death, and go obtain fear for me. Yeah, so she sends the Yagwe out to, I guess, absorb fear, which yeah. she then later is like looking at in like a reflecting pond. This is another Sleepy Hollow moment that I that I loved how they tied um, how they tied this creature into the invention of gunpowder, and that's why it's drawn to the gunpowder, and mm-hmm. then that's why it was at. Um, that's why it was at the the Bunker battle, Hill battle. the Battle of Bunker Hill, and that's why he said, "Don't stop." The light of your eyes. Light of your eyes. I I love that kind of stuff about Sleepy Hollow. I love that looking at something from a different viewpoint. So we get a great scene between two random guys on a farm where it's like you couldn't hit an elephant if it was right in front of you. <laughs> Reminds me, how's Sally doing? But um. Tsh- <laughs> and then the monster oh, goes and eats brothers. them. We redneck. knew you were dying quickly. Yeah, they got they got eaten quickly. Pretty terrifying way to get eaten, just paralyzed and then eaten. You know, not how I'd want to be eaten. But okay. if you guys want to go see, what is it, The Green? What's that movie called? Green the Green Inferno, if you want to see people get eaten, too. No, thank you. Go no, see I'm that. Good. No, good. No? I'm good. No? Okay. Um, but, so... We got by the end of the episode, like, she dropped, she, like, we, we were all, I think there was, like, a thought in the air when you see the box, like, is that Pandora's box? Like, there's a, clearly, like, a world of, like, evil stuff going on inside it. It looked like a universe. It looked like a galaxy. Yeah. Like Men in Black style. So I was thinking, I was thinking she was Persephone, who's the goddess of um, vegetation and good harvest. She's the, she's Hades' daughter. Mm-hmm. Is Persephone and no Hades? That's Hades. Hades' wife. wife. Sorry, Hades' wife is Persephone, and I was thinking it was her because Forced she's marriage. giving the she's giving the fear and feeding it into this tree, this plant, and 
just saying she has this huge thing about fear is power and there's much energy and fear. I'm like, guys, is this Monsters Inc? No, it's Sailor Moon. Oh, there's well, there's Monsters <laughs> Inc. where she's doing the fear and then she's feeding it into the plants, which is crazy, and she's rhyming. So she's the Riddler Sully of Monsters Inc. Batman. <laughs> And we're going to get a Gotham crossover at the same time we get Bones. Would be a better better crossover, crossover and we'll talk about that later. Um, But she, so like, she's capturing fear. She's like clearly like feeding, like collecting power of one kind or another to either feed to her, whoever she's talking to, like a boss, or maybe just for her own purposes. Um, She could have, I guess, been addressing the Yagwe in that moment. Um, no, you... she was talking to something else. She was talking to the plant. Okay. Yeah, definitely. The Yagwe wasn't there. Evil plant. Evil, evil plant. Feed me, Seymour! Yes! <laughs> um, but I love the idea that, you're, that, you put, that, that she could be talking to Persephone. Like, Pandora working for... First of all, I'm, I'm all of a sudden just unbelievably excited because I love Greek mythology. Um, so I'm very excited to get into that in this season. Uh, but the idea that, like, it could be Persephone seeing her, like, if Persephone in this universe was married to Moloch, what if, because, like, Moloch is sort of the the devil or the underworld. Like, you could combine a lot of characters like that. Yeah. If Persephone was the, the wife of Moloch and is now out for revenge... Um, that could be a cool thing. Um, we had talked. Uh, we talked about like the 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 idea that witness could also be destroyers. Okay, so I should just go through this. Yeah, go through your theory. All right. So I did some research. I love Greek mythology. I'm a huge fan of it. I was really excited on Helix when they were getting into it, and then they just didn't do it. And I was like, sad. you mean when you thought they were getting? I was into really it. excited when I thought they were getting into it, and they just didn't. Okay, so here's my long drawn out prediction for what's going on right now so she said it was a dowry she says it's in the which a dowry is what you're given when you're when you get, married. get married but what people don't realize is a dowry can go both ways she could be giving a dowry in hopes of herself getting married as opposed to somebody giving her a dowry for her hand in marriage um usually it's used giving to the woman but you never know so she said it was a dowry which means that um was it a gift from Hades to Persephone and given to Pandora to do her bidding on Earth? You never know. So Pandora might be the daughter of Persephone in this story. There's lots of different Greek myths, but I don't know. My notes are a little crazy, but just bear with me. Pandora was crafted by the gods for in punishment of Prometheus, okay? She was given a box which was opened that had all of the evils of the world in it. Uh, Sin, plague, famine, war, sound familiar, kind of like the Four Horsemen of Death, very similar. It unleashed all of this upon the world as punishment to Prometheus and as punishment to the humans for stealing fire back, but the only thing left in the box was hope. Uh, She was created for that reason and that reason alone. Just people kind of created the myth of Pandora and her box to explain why there was evil in the world. So she is the reason for evil. Mm -hmm. Um, My season-long prediction is she's known for having been created of the earth by Zeus in anger of Prometheus staying in the fire. So she's made of the earth. She opens her jar and all seven deadly sins come out and and all that's left is hope. Prometheus was chained to a rock. This is just history here. Um, no, mythology. Mythology. <laughs> Prometheus was chained to a rock, and Zeus sent an eagle to eat his liver and have it regrow every night. The eagle would return every day to perpetually torment 
Prometheus by eating it. And fortunately, Hercules set him free after a long time, but that's in some stories and not in others. Anyway, um, for receiving the fire, Prometheus was punished, and that was his punishment. He stole fire to give it to man, because Prometheus was this guy who always was working with the gods to provide men with things. He was the gift giver. Um, So, in punishment, Zeus creates the first woman, Pandora, from clay, and they give her all the negative aspects of life that would befall her, will befall the human race. So, I think that Pandora and her box... I'm sorry, this is so drawn out, guys. I apologize. I think Pandora is collecting all of the evil aspects she had set loose from the box in the first place 4,000 years ago when they're talking about how old these tablets are to complete the dowry once again and link the heavens and earth. It may have been a dowry given to her, but I believe she's trying to use it now to present it to Prometheus, who has been sealed away for all this time. I think the end of the season will reveal Prometheus to have become vengeful and resentful towards the human race as opposed to what she believes being the savior of them. I think by resurrecting Prometheus, who is originally the savior, he's going to try to destroy the human race because of his resent towards giving them the fire and himself being locked up. So I think when he tries to destroy the human race, I think Pandora is good. I think she's trying to save humanity from the destroyers because in greek mythos the witnesses are the destroyers so if she misunderstands that it would lead her to believe that the witnesses are trying to destroy the world so she wants to get prometheus to save the world or what's on that tablet building on that what's on that tablet could foretell something that they're going to do they're going to defeat someone maybe it's pandora maybe it's someone else that is doing good in the world so they wind up doing harm even if they don't mean to which i could totally see abby and ichabod doing if a monster comes along a demon that appears to be doing something evil but is actually trying to do something good and they stop it it this before is similar to it. that plot we touched on when they had that angel a little in. bit. Yeah. Yeah. So my final thing Which for I the, found interesting. The I final thing for the season, I believe, is when she realizes she has to stop Prometheus, she's going to use all of the gathered up hope that remained in her box from all of the times to eliminate Prometheus and herself, angering the gods once more and opening us up for season four with more uh, tribulations. Um, again, I think they're not going to, of course, use the name Prometheus or anything. I think they'll probably have another character. But well, if, they use the name Pandora, they so if they're going to go for it. I think they just need to go for it. Mm. Um, here's a question from uh, Ren Einsburn that sort of just built right on that. Do we think Pandora is a witch or a goddess? Witches have been previously established in the show. So what do you guys think? Neither. I Pan- think Pandora's I, a human. I think she's a goddess. I think she's a goddess. Well, but, uh, okay, so maybe instead of goddess, demigod, which is what a human yeah. would become. Um, Nothing. I think she's completely human. But then she would have to be what? She's using magic in one way or another. So much the way that Katrina is human, but she's a, she's she uses magic, so that makes her a witch. But the thing is, is witches are humans as well. That's, that's like, exactly what I'm so saying. So if, if you're going to think about it in that terms, Pandora is the original witch. She is... The one from which all magic comes from. She is the original woman. She is Eve. That is the that is the mythos. Is that the gods created the first woman and that is Pandora. Which is kind of misogynistic because you really think like they created the first woman and it bestowed all of the evils upon the world. I mean it's the messed same up. Same thing in the Bible. Yeah, but 
I think if we're to think of anything, she's all powerful. Yeah, I mean that could be. She has some really powerful glamour. I liked that when the cop pulls up. Oh, and, that was a great scene. And she is like, "Oh, what's over there?" And he turns around, and she's she's looking normal. And, and we, the cop's just like, "I know I'm supposed to offer you a ride at this point, but I am freaking out. I'm getting out of here." Raise window, drive away. But you, you got to realize she has not been sealed away. She hasn't been gone away. She's been wandering the earth. She's been around. She's been waiting a whole lifetime for this. So if she was going to do some cataclysmic evil thing, she could have done it far before this. And they might tie it into some other thing saying, oh, she was there at the fall of this Reich or whatever's going on. Or she was there leading these terrible massacres or whatever. They could go with that. But, I mean, I think if she's here for any reason, it's to stop the apocalypse. Yeah. I think she, in her own right, is doing what she can because she didn't send a creature to kill people. She sent a creature to collect fear. I do think it's interesting that, um, well, the creature feeds on fear. I'm not entirely sure that it, it collects it. I think it feeds it on It collects it. Like it. I got think it. she found a way to collect it via the Yagwe. Yeah. Um, I do find it interesting, though, that the witnesses translate to destroyers and I think I do think that's going to tie in to to a larger plot line because it seems very strange that somebody who we thought was protecting everybody would have a translation for destroyers. Well, we can also we can also think of it this way. What if 4000 years ago there was another set of witnesses? Cuz it does say that the yeah. witnesses have the power to either save or destroy the world. Yeah. So if you if you look at it as in in a cyclical uh, theory, you could say that the witnesses from four thousand or five thousand years back, whatever it was, chose the other path and did not choose the path that Ichabod and Abby are on. And the tale was told from a different perspective. The tale was told as the witnesses are destroyers, and then from another history, the the witnesses are saviors. I mean, that's why I, I went to the the Moloch's wife thing is because from if you are from Moloch's realm, even if you're not from, like, necessarily, like, the the part of um, Purgatory that we saw, but from his realm, you would have learned that myth as the destroyers, because they are your enemy. So regardless of what your intentions are, that the myth is two destroyers will come to, to Earth and will destroy seven big events. However you want to... like, It's not tribulations, seven tribulations but later. they will destroy seven tribulations. Um, but so I, I think there's a lot of great stuff there. Um, a lot of potential. Um, Somebody in the chat says that they don't think that she could be a goddess because they've been going on Christian mythology. I disagree. I, I think, don't think they've entirely been going on Christian mythology. They've used they, a lot of it, but they've also used tons of other mythologies. Yeah, I mean, show. we had the... Uh, like Wendigo the poison, is Christian yeah. mythology. The Asian, the Asian poison where you take all the animals and you put them in one thing. I forgot what it's called. Oh, yeah, I remember I mean, too. in this episode, the Yagwe was from the Asian, Tang Dynasty. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's uh, Chinese. Chinese. Like, the, the, Sleepy Hollow has never been shy about using lots of different mythologies. And that's part of what we, I think, all love about this show is that they bring in all these monsters that are very interesting because they come from so many different places, but they find a way to make them work in this universe, in this world. Um, and 
in the, what I what I think was so strong about this episode, like there were things that we didn't like, and we've gone over those. That, I mean, that's but, in every show. You're yeah, have well, of course, but but I think that what this episode did so well is that you got this monster of the week that was that we discovered, we fought, and we destroyed. But that monster was only a part of some much bigger arc and conspiracy plot that is going on with Pandora, and it never felt like this is just a one-off thing. But you absolutely could watch it and just see that one thing. So if you're going to do an episodic show, that sort of storytelling that network TV mainly does because they want people to be able to come in and out. Like the it, guy in our chat role who's never seen one episode of Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, right. could tune into this one. Yeah, but like, but the fact that that threaded so well and smoothly into the Pandora storyline tells me that they have a plan for this season and I'm willing to jump on the ride because I can see that there are chess pieces moving into place. I think there's a few things that I think. I think, first of all, it was not it was not a good enough plan for killing the monster in the end. I think the show really does still suffer from the same thing uh, from last season with the monsters, though, is that they take them out so quickly. I mean, and this the scene where they kill it is so weird because Ichabod falls on the boxes, it bashes Jenny out of the way, it bashes Ichabod off the thing, and then it jumps towards him, and then it suddenly turns to dust and we find that Abby's the one that shot it. And then, it, like, that was really quick. It was kind of like a random, like, oh, well, it took us a shot in the face when his eyes were white. Done. But then, what I didn't like about this scene, first of all, it, it's one bullet knocks it out. It's done. That's the creature of the week is already done. But what the hell? Jenny just got beat the hell half to death, and Ichabod's staying there hugging, hugging Abby, and they're just not even mentioning the fact that Jenny could be bleeding to death in the other room. Rude. So rude. Rude. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, nobody even was, like, wondering about what happened to Jenny yeah. at that moment. Yeah, she's a badass, but oh, she needs a should, hug, too. Yeah. <laughs> we should hug. She does. Um, she needs help. A lot of people need help. And you know what? There's a lot of like problems going on in the in Sleepy Hollow right now at the Westchester FBI yeah. office. All of, oh, Stephen, did you have? I had a, I had just a few more notes that I typed in. I put my notes in bold when I do like recap notes, and then I put the real notes in bold. Um, the cop that gave him the tablet in the jail, who was kind of paying a little bit cl- too close attention. He looked just like you. He's the bad guy cop from The Walking Dead last season in the hospital. Uh, so from what I can tell from that, I think we're going to see more of him. Like, I think he's not just a one-off character. I think he's a Hessian quite possibly because we still have Hessians at play. I would love to do some more with the Hessians. Yes. Also, Hessians? one thing that just bothered me a little bit, you have 30 FBI agents at this one place chasing down Chang with hostages. Everything's super high tense. Everything's just, they would be on a quick trigger finger and everything. And then you have Ichabod like literally 100 feet away shooting off bullets and nobody's alerted to the fact that there's a random guy at the scene shooting off bullets somewhere. Yeah, no. It was well, chaos. I, I mean, that point I'll I'll let go because it seemed to be dark and chaotic in there. And then a guy got the main FBI guy got killed. So there I think, were other gunshots going on. Like the FBI, I think like they had to fire some rounds. Like I think that there's enough going on that I am fine with them not caught. Like no, yeah, I know. I was just in for that. Just something I mentioned, and then. Yeah. 
it was really interesting to go from Abby talking earlier in the episode about like, come on, Crane, we're not doing this again. We're not doing this again. No, it hasn't returned to Sleepy Hollow. No, everything's fine. To going in where Chang is and just being like, I've seen the monsters. They're real. I wish they weren't, but I know they're real. I'm a witness. And she's kind of completely admitting everything to herself in that moment. Yeah, I, I mean, it was a really awesome speech. Um, I hope that we still see her being reluctant in this um, in this episode, in the season, rather. I think we will. Um, I mean, she she's an FBI agent, so it's like she she's going to be torn between her uh, her duty as an FBI agent and then her duty as a witness. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot for her to have to deal with um i think that's going to be the big thing is because they said like there's a lot of evil in this world not all of it's supernatural is i think that's going to be a theme throughout the season as her attempts to bounce she has a lot more responsibility now she's not just a local cop she is in charge of a federal a branch of the federal government x-files <laughs> well i mean you, hey, you it's what we like about this show it's, yeah it's like x-files with like monsters it's like scully the truth is out there and I'm gonna find it. The truth. I'm a hand model. I'm a hand. I'm a hand. Just bring it back to Zoolander. <laughs> 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 All right, I think. I yeah, think, you know I what? I think we can do it now. You know what? Um, there's there's models going on. There's like people. There's love interests coming out of every corner. That's scandalous. scandalous. It's so scandalous Indeed. that I think we're gonna have to take a trip to Sleepington Abbey. Delightful. Oh. This, this week, week gives me the vapors. This week on <laughs> Sleepington <laughs> Abbey, love interests were introduced both at work and at home, and potentially wandering out of the woods or from the 17th or 18th centuries. What will happen? Will this? I heard. I heard that you guys. It's been so long since we've done this. It's been so long. We don't have Matt. It's been, I heard that Miss Betsy Ross, of all folks, the woman who sewed our national flag, was caught kissing Mr. Ichabod Crane, a betrothed man, in the field of battle. Elevantily! I heard she was kissing Ichabod Crane while wearing a low-cut boostie. Oh, scandalous! I heard there was a woman in the forensics lab who stared a full five seconds at a man. Everyone was ashamed. Scandalous! Scandalous. Shame. Scandalous indeed. (laughs) Oh my god, you guys. All right. There was a woman walking down the road. A police officer, Officer Brady, was stopping to help her. She changed her clothes in midday. In the middle of the room. Middle of the day. Scandalous. <laughs> Most scandalous. All right, I think that's it. Uh, all right, guys. I think, uh, do, let, should we move into predictions? predictions? Let's do us uh, some predictions. predictions. Now, you're after Buzz TV. Alright, in the scenes we see that she's growing more plants, there's a shadow being, and no arrow blessed by the High Priest of Angkor. Uh, Daniel Reynolds is her boss, the man from Season 2. Uh, there's romance, and she says, mind your business. Yeah. Um, Clearly I... she dated him, and we have to bring that into play, because apparently there needs to be a love quadrangle or of some sort. Love rhombus! If we need, if there's going to be a love complication, there need to be four people involved so that I can have a love rhombus. Why is back. it a rhombus? Can it just be a love quadrilateral? It had to be a rhombus. It had to be because <laughs> because it's all bent out of shape and people are off at like different angles from each other. It's a rhombus. Got it. 
I predict that Corbin will come back and it'll be awesome. You mean baby Corbin? Baby Corbin. Yeah, I'd love to see baby Corbin. Um, uh, I was gonna, I was gonna do this as news and gossip, but I don't. I think everyone's aware at this point. Oh yeah, we know baby so, Corbin's coming back. Well, no, but that, but like, so let's let's discuss real quick the prediction of what the hell. We're going to get from a Sleepy Hollow Bones, Bones crossover. crossover. God, I, if you haven't heard, um, we'll, we'll do it without the soundbite, but there, the, this is an official thing. This is yeah. happening at some point it's during not this a joke, season. Which sometimes people last season thought it was. But there not will be, in this season, a Sleepy Hollow Bones crossover. Yes. Thank you. Yes, the Bones starring David Boreanaz. I would think, you know what would be a better crossover? David Boreanaz as Angel. As Angel. Um, in, in the show Angel. I know you're not allowed to talk to David Boreanaz about Angel anymore. You don't but, say, you're not allowed to say Angel in the presence of David Boreanaz? Yeah. Um, but hey, like, dude, without Angel, I, I, no one would know who he was. Let's so. think about some shows that might have been a better crossover. Uh, X-Files, X-Files, which is also on Fox. Grimm. Uh, let's see. Hannibal might have been cool. I know that's. On, I know those are on different networks, Dominion. but whatever. Hell, I would have loved to see a new girl crossover. We're doing Fox shows before we the did Muppets. Bones. Oh, the well, <laughs> even that would have been no. That would have been better. That still would have been better. Goodbye, just, Green. <laughs> my 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 issue is I don't understand because Bones is not a supernatural world. I'll tell you one thing. The only thing that I could possibly see it being a crossover, and I'm sorry to say this, they're going to find the bones of some really, really old... Dude. Like, Greek figure of mythology or something, or 4,000-year-old bones, or they're going to find, like, some American hero bones, and they're going to have to be like... They're going to find the bones of the Benjamin Franklin hologram. We're going to need some experts to analyze it. Guys, we need some experts to analyze this. Could it be that they step through, uh, like, would it, would it be like they step through a dimensional portal and Bones is in another dimension? Because um, no. here's the thing, like, if you're a Bones fan, this is why it threw me. It's because for us, it, it's, yeah, it's you're fine. bringing in a Bone yeah. expert. Great, whatever. Yeah. I don't, it's fine. Right. But for, for Bones, Bones fans, fans, it's weird. Why are they going to introduce? They're going to have to introduce a supernatural element to a sh- to Bones, a show that's been on the air for ten years without any supernatural elements to it. And I don't. I, I'm I'm curious to see how they're going to do it. I'm sure that this was like something come down from up high because NBC's done a few of these crossovers with their Chicago series, and they were probably like, "We can't let Bones orders. die," and um, Sleepy Hollow. This will be great. Come on, guys. He was Angel. That's what, that's what the executives but, were saying. But either way, we'll be here to review it. I will, when we get there, try to give it the benefit of the doubt. I think it'd be interesting to do an episode with no supernatural stuff in Sleepy Hollow. I think it'd be interesting. Because that would be so much like the X-Files to have something that seems supernatural that they come out and it's actually just maybe a deformity or something like that they find out. Like Scooby-Doo? I, I would agree with you that that would be an interesting episode. That's but like but making it the episode that's dealing with these people would like cheapen it because it's weird. Like again, it's weird to bring these people in. The headless the, horseman was the was the town grocer the whole time. I would have gotten away with it too. Yeah, we he was trying to lower the property kids. value in Sleepy Hollow, but we stopped him. <laughs> um. 
Well, oh well. So tickled, tickled tea lady in the chat says uh, Bones had a boy ghost in one episode. Okay, with a psychic. Well, there you go. There so we get a, we're getting a Casper, Bones, and Sleepy Hollow crossover. Um, but uh, Boo sixty nine bs. Uh, thanks for tuning in, Boo. Um, said that she's a Bones fan, and find and said this is weird to me. Oh, so like even Bones fans, like because ever these just even if you're the same audience. It's a surprising choice. But we'll see. We'll yes, see what happens see. with it. Oh, um, somebody says they need to translate the tablet. Oh, that would make sense. But I thought Ichabod could translate some of it. Yeah, he was working on it. He, he I mean, he did enough it. to translate the legend of Sleepy Hollow. I think he probably gets, has had enough of a handle to get the rest eventually. It's going to be like the Destroyers, and then underneath it'll say, like, Mark Goffman. <laughs> And they'll be like, oh, makes sense now. Oh, self-aware humor. Someone had um, a good point here that they think the Bones episode will end up being some sort of dream or collective hallucination yeah, in the Bones saying world. Fever dream before. Yeah. Um, but it's not an episode of Bones unless that there's an, uh, they're doing it two-parter. It's an episode of Sleepy Hollow, right? It's... It's a crossover. So I'm it's an tell episode you, of Bones and an episode of Sleepy Hollow. I'm not going to watch. Oh, okay. I'm not going to watch every episode of Bones to prepare for this episode of Sleepy Hollow. That'll be tough. So yeah. we may have to find a we Bones expert yes. to bring in yes. for that episode. So we'll work on that. Um, until then, oh, Byron thinks you're cute, Jackie. Oh, thanks, Byron, <laughs> who doesn't watch Sleepy Hollow. Until then, Stephen Lemieux, where can the people keep up with you? You guys can find me on Twitter at Stephen Lemieux, S-T-P-H-E-N-L-E-M-I-U-X, as well as uh, at the Popcorn Talk Network. Check that network out, man. If you have any ideas for movie shows, I'm open to them. I will look into creating them. Uh, you can find me on my website, 123JackieB.com. I have a blog on there. I'm recapping, uh, I'm writing recaps of um, Once Upon a Time, American Horror Story, and The Nick there. So Ooh. if you want to check that out. And um, also on my series, Words, Wine, and Women. Cool. Um, you guys can it's follow a web me. series, so it's free. You can find it. Hit Check that it thumbs out. up, guys! Hit that thumbs up! Hit it! Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter at that Zach Wilson, T H A T Z A C H W I L S O N on Instagram and all the places. Um, you can also find me here on AfterBuzz on a whole bunch of shows this fall season, including Agents of Shield Dominion season finale with Jackie Borowski on Monday. I saw the episode tonight. It is killer. And I'm so excited to talk about talk to you guys about it. Um, also, the Muppets and Doctor Who, and a, a few more. Check out my uh, Twitter, guys. Thank you so much for joining us for this season's three premiere of Sleepy Hollow. I'm Zach Wilson, and thanks for geeking out with us. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Good night, sleepyheads. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 